don't be afraid to ask for help because it's okay to admit that you're struggling and it's okay to admit that this everything's above you and it's okay to admit that you're overwhelmed and scared and clueless at times but then once you admit it then that's the first step to getting help mm-hmm. and to realizing that you're not alone and that's a hard hard step to do that's Katie a teacher from here in Indiana who has struggled with burnout in the past and is struggling with it at this current time. In this episode, she's going to share with us how she's taken action and taking control when she's gone through burnout in the past and what she's doing about it now. This is episode seven. Welcome to the Burned in Teacher podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you today by my free action guide called the Burned In Teacher Method. Eight steps to take control and beat burnout starting now. Are you tired of poor behavior from not just your students and their families, but from your administrator and your coworkers? Or are you sick of the terrible relationship that you have with your workload? Then this guide will get you not just thinking, but acting, which if you know me, that's what I'm all about. So go to burnedinteacher.com to download your free guide today. Hey, hey, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher podcast. One part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Today, you're going to hear an interview that I had with Katie. She's a special education teacher from here in Northeast Indiana, where she was born and raised. As you'll hear her say, she even got her bachelor's and master's from here in Northeast Indiana. Throughout her career, she's taught in a couple of different grade levels, but is now teaching first grade. Although you'll hear her talk about her frustrations with her current position, Katie has excellent perspective. So let's listen in. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Katie, can you help us to understand your journey a little bit? Um, We know now where you went to school and that you currently teach first grade, but Help us Mm -hmm. to know your journey to where you are right now. This is my 11th year of teaching, and I started in a first grade classroom. The first year was really great. Lots of great kids, lots of great parents. And then the second year, there was a lot of miscommunication. There was a lot of people going above other people to get what they want. It was a lot of you know, me making mistakes with only being a second year teacher, but then not always feeling the support I I needed for to be successful. So I had a choice, I could either find a different job at a different school or accept a job at the same school I was at in reading intervention. And it was a part time job at the time. And so I decided that I need to regroup, refocus, really figure out what I wanted to do. So then I started really getting into that job uh, with the reading intervention. It became more and more hours. Um, That's when I started my master's degree. I worked a lot really closely with the special ed teachers. And that's when I was really encouraged 
by my administration to pursue my master's degree. So I did that, um, ended up working full time. So then I worked another four years in that in that intervention job. And then I was also working with special ed kids, either small group or um, inclusion or one-on-one. And then once I got done with my master's, decided that that was time to find a a job that was closer to home. Um, And that's when I went to, um, started first grade there. And then I've been there. This is my fifth year there. You clearly had experienced a little bit of burnout there when you decided that you had to make a change of some sort. Can you explain to us what made you finally come to that conclusion that you, you needed to do something about your situation? Yeah, my, my first year was actually pretty good. It was my second year where I had a lot of pushback. I had a lot of parents that weren't really supportive. I felt kind of alone in my struggles because it didn't seem like anyone else was struggling like I was Mm -hmm. with, you know, the kids, with the curriculum, with expectations that the administrators had. It was basically when I had the choice of, you know, either staying or going, that's when I kind of went, you know what, I I really want to be an educator, but I want to make sure that a classroom teacher is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Or is there something else calling me? So I made the decision to go into the special ed side of it just to see if that, if education was still where I needed, wanted to be and where I felt my calling to be. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely a moment where I go, well, crap, I just hit rock bottom in a way of my education um, career. Um, can it get any better? And so, I mean, it, it took a lot of people going, you know what, you can do this. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's just one thing. And then that helped because it was a very good, I had great teammates. I had very good support in that area. And so with that, their help and with the support of the special ed teacher, I was able to kind of start over and find out, yeah, I really do like what I do. I really do want to be an educator. And that's when I kind of started getting into the special ed side of it and, and found out that I want to keep going. And so that's why I got my master's in it. So once you hit rock bottom and that kind of, what was me kind of feeling um, the only way you can go is up. I agree. Either, I just said that today. <laughs> yeah. You can either go up and change. You can go up and stay the same, or you can completely start over. And I chose to, in a way, start over, but still kind of go the path that I wanted to be in the first place, which was an educator. So That's excellent. Did you always want to be a teacher? No, I actually wanted to be an architect, Really, (laughs) which is really funny. Really, I know. But I also come from a big family of teachers, lots of administrators, lots of teachers in my my extended family. I was always kind of the oldest whenever, you know, in my family, whenever we went to the babysitters, that was just kind of my thing. Like I liked being around those little kids. I liked to play with them and get on their level and, you know, and that kind of drew me to teaching little kids. So do you see yourself going into administration and maybe getting an admin degree in the future? 
No. No? No. <laughs> May I ask why? Um, I think that scares me more than the special ed part of it. And the special ed part is so much paperwork and so much documenting and so much jumping through hoops and making sure that everything is done for the kids in your care. And that does not, that does not, um, scare me in the fact like administrators with the, um, the responsibilities that they have is like above and beyond what I think I could manage <laughs> at this point in time. Who knows? I may never, I may change my mind. Um, but you never know. I'm never going to say never, but I'm going to say eh, not likely. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It seems like you are the type of person that always keeps your possibilities open for growth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you yeah. think that that's what's kept you pretty happy with the way with your current reality? Um, I wouldn't say it's a completely happy. Um, my current reality is I'm not a hundred percent happy because um, I'm still in those days of feeling burned out in this current position I'm in. I've bounced back and forth between jobs, between um, grade levels mm-hmm. um, because of numbers at our school. And so my fifth year teaching here, I've gone two years in first grade, two years in third grade, back to first grade with totally different team um, each time. So trying to feel successful and trying to feel like I uh, being able to accomplish things um, is not happening right now because I feel completely lost, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I've taught first grade already. But um, I also know that not every day is going to be bad. Every day can be great. And if it is bad, you just move on and make the next day better. Right. Are you also feeling a lack of community and relationship with your with your teammates that you teach with because of the bouncing oh, around? Well, it's a complete, complete opposite. We have a great relationship and um, great support for each other. And it's great because... I've worked with the first grade, te- one of the first grade teachers before. Um, and my other teammate is a kindergarten teacher that's now in first grade because of numbers at our school. Mm-hmm. So we're supporting each other. We're all kind of in the same boat. Our curriculum is changing. Um, expectations from the administrators are changing. And so we're all kind of going at it together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, we're great. We're great. That's so, so good to hear. I know it can yeah. go both ways with switching teams like that. So that's really, really helpful. Yeah, I've, I've had I've had both. Mm-hmm. So are there any yeah. resources or any research at all that you've sought out, you know, in the way that you're feeling to try to to kind of pull yourself out of out of that burned out feeling? Um, I haven't really done too much. It's more of just kind of staying afloat right now, mm-hmm. um, especially the last you know, three years kind of bouncing back and forth. But I think finding this really has helped um, because I know that there's lots of people out there like this feeling this way. And it's good to know that I'm not alone. Hey, Burned In Teachers. I want to take a minute to tell you about PrepDish.com, my secret weapon behind planning, prepping, and preparing healthy, delicious meals on the weekend for my family to eat during the week. For years, I've been telling all of my fellow teacher friends about Prep Dish and how it's saved me not just anxiety over what I'll cook for dinner every night during the week, but what my husband and I will have for lunch the next day at school. 
So since you're now taking control over your work-life balance and you're home focusing on time with your family, you can now have a healthy grocery list, prep instructions, and menu sent to you every single week, and you get to choose between a paleo or gluten-free meal plan. And here's what makes it so easy to use. A Google Doc is emailed to you every single week, and you know I'm in love with Google tools, right? So I save that doc to my drive for later use, and instead of printing out the actual grocery list, I use Google Keep. Either way, the grocery list is made, and I just take it to the store with me. We come home, I clean the vegetables and fruit, and then I follow the prep day guide. So I chop up all the vegetables, chop up some meat, I cook a few things, and within a couple of hours, I have all of the meals made for the entire week. This has become part of our weekend routine, and then Monday through Thursday, I have every single meal ready to just pop into the oven, put on the grill, or set on the table. It is seriously amazing. So jump on over to prepdish.com slash B-I-T, and at checkout, use the promo code capital B capital I, capital T. That code is going to get you $10 off your first year subscription. Again, go to prepdish.com slash B-I-T and enter capital letters B-I-T as your promo code. I hope you try it and I know you're going to love it. Now back to the show. And I actually just heard, it was one on the radio was saying, um, you know, especially when you're I'm not a parent, but if, you know, when you're a parent and you have these young kids, you always feel judged and you always feel like everyone is criticizing you. But then when you put your experiences out there, you realize that a lot of people are going through the exact same thing you're going through. And that makes you feel so much better. It's the same way with education. It's the same way with any job out there. Absolutely. You feel all alone and isolated. But then when you get your story out there, you'll realize that, oh, no, no, I'm not the only one. People have gone through way worse than me right. um, and, have, and have survived. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's kind of where I am right now. So <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that you have found, you know, a little bit of, you know, solace in, in the group and, and listening to other people's stories. And hopefully, you know, the more interviews that I do, the more podcast episodes that I put out, you know, someone mm-hmm. somewhere will say, oh my gosh, that teacher sounds just like me. And mm-hmm. they did this thing that I haven't tried yet. So if you could offer one piece of advice to a teacher going through burnout, what would it be? Ask for help. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help because it's okay to admit that you're struggling and it's okay to admit that this, everything's above you and it's okay to admit that you're overwhelmed and scared and clueless at times. But then once you admit it, then that's the first step to getting help mm-hmm. and to realizing that you're not alone. And that's a hard, hard step to do. I am not one. I, I'm a big perfectionist. I do not like to ask for help. But then on the flip side, I know that if I don't, it's just going to continue the way it's going. It's so, so, so true. Yeah. And so if you, you ask for help, even if no one comes to your rescue yet, at least it's out there. Mm-hmm. And you'll find a way. Tell us if you don't mind sharing, who is the last person that you asked for help? And what did you ask for help with? I just asked my parents for help because my washer and dryer died. That's a great analogy because if you wouldn't ask for their help, 
I mean, clearly we know the result, right? Exactly. So I love that. That actually works very well for that answer. Yeah. We actually (laughs) have to go buy a new washer and we're going to get a new dryer anyways. But yeah, our washer broke on Saturday. And so I'm like, mom, can I do laundry? She's like, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. And although it's a pain in the butt and it's a little bit of money, you're not going to have to deal with it for quite a while. I told you she had great perspective, didn't I? So if you couldn't tell throughout the interview, she and I had some connection problems and we did get disconnected at the end, but she was so grateful to be on the show and I was so grateful to have her. So my takeaways tonight are actually going to be quotes she first said, that I'm taking once you from hit our rock interview. bottom and you have that woe is me feeling, the only way you can go is up. And she is so right. I've been in that place many times. Give me an amen if you have too, or if you're there now. The next quote she said is, not every day is going to be bad. Every day can be great. If it is bad, you move on and make the next day better. Again, what else can you do but move on? The third thing that she said that really stuck with me was, you feel alone, but when you put your experiences out there, you realize that a lot of other people are going through the same thing you're going through. And some way worse than me, she said. And she said, they've survived. Another great piece of advice from Katie. And finally, because this fits the burned in teacher mission so closely, she said, if you ask for help and even if no one comes to your rescue yet, at least it's out there and you'll find a way. And if you're here, you're finding a way. My tips today have to do with the perspectives of Katie. She clearly values two important things. She values self-worth and she also values vulnerability. She's not afraid to ask for help. If you're in a place where you don't feel valued and your need for help is not being met, she's right again. You have three things you can do. You can either change, you can stay the same, or you can start over. And that's actually what Katie decided to do at one point. She decided to start over and she was so glad she did. And the last tip today is keep your opportunities open. Katie knows that she's not married to the place that she works. And if it is not serving her values of self-worth and of the value of getting help when you need it, she knows that there are other opportunities out there for her at other schools as an educator because she's decided that's what she wants to be. So I'll see you next week for another episode of the Burned in Teacher podcast. Until then, take a deep breath. You are your own hero. And you just took another step into becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on. Want to be updated every time there's a new episode of the Burned in Teacher podcast? Then go ahead and head over to iTunes or Google Play and make sure that you subscribe to the Burned in Teacher podcast. Also, if you leave a review or you leave a five-star rating, that helps the Burned in Teacher podcast reach its mission to reach as many teachers as we possibly can to help them know that there are other teachers feeling the way that they are and that they are taking actionable steps to beat the burnout. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great week.